0: Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access. Oh, it's so good to be back on the air. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And here we go. Check the calendar. It says April 4th. I don't care too much about the fourth part. Mm -hmm. I care about the April part because it is draft month. We're going hot and heavy towards the draft. And, of course, to kick off the show with me, my man, Mark Van Rier, Mark, how do you feel about being in draft month? Finally.
1: I feel really good. Yeah. I feel really good. It's three weeks from Thursday. People, I heard yeah. on a national wow. show, Jeez. and the draft is in less than four weeks. Oh, I'll do you one better. That still sounds like it's a long time from now. It's three weeks from Thursday. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it's coming up in ten minutes. tomorrow, Which it basically is. Yeah. Get yeah. ready, folks.
0: You know, it's funny going into this draft. People always ask me about, you know what are you you just cramming film right now and I actually feel pretty good about where I have things in the Harris 100. I do have some, I do have some updates and changes that I I need to make and I think one, not that I think it's going to impact too much, but I think a very key moment in this NFL draft is coming up on Wednesday and it is the pro day of one Derek Stingley.
1: Ooh, because working out at LSU. All right, so he's a corner. From LSU. And a lot of people think well, Sauce Gardner thinks he's the number one player in yes. this draft, Johnny. He tweeted that. And he said that. Yes. yes. And I'm wondering if Stingley is considered better by
0: some. Yes. Okay. I mean, he it's because Stingley has been out of sight, out of mind, this pro day is as is as important as any pro day, potentially, of any guy on the in the draft class. Stingley in twenty nineteen. Everybody talked about Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Joey Burrow on that LSU National Championship team. It had a great offensive line. Clyde Edwards-Dulair was a running back. They had Patrick Queen, who was a first-rounder, at linebacker. Stingley was arguably one of the top three talents on a team. You could go Burrow, Jamar Chase, Derek Stingley. And anybody who watched that team would say, yeah, you're right. And he was a true freshman. So... Okay, good. He's got two more years. This dude is going to be Jalen Ramsey plus. Well, then we get to the COVID year, and he kind of half plays, half sits out, and then he comes back for 2021 ready to prove things, and he plays like three games. And he gets hurt, and he's injured, and now he Mm. hasn't played. And so now he's kind of the biggest enigma in this draft. Like, what is Derek Stingley? Well, with Sauce, we know what Sauce is. Sauce is long, physical Detroit kid he's gonna knock your block off he is gonna make life really miserable for receivers I think there's there are some man-to-man techniques that he needs to learn and get better at I think he runs really well but man he plays the edge he is everything you want I think in a perfect world Derek Stingley is smooth he is Jalen Ramsey without the Jalen braggadocio I mean, I think Stingley's very confident himself, but he's not like Jalen. I mean, you you've seen it. Well, he's not like it.
1: he's not like Sauce. He's not going to tweet that he's the best yeah. player in the draft,
0: right? So his pro day is Wednesday, and that's going to be the first time really that key decision makers are going to see him live and up close. Didn't get a chance to see him at the combine because he didn't work out. I mean, they had interviews and such. This is it on Wednesday, and it's going to be interesting to see if teams are locked in to sauce, or they're open to, you know what? What we saw from 2019, albeit two seasons ago, three seasons ago, we Mm -hmm. liked what we saw. And that was a young player. We get him in our program, and he stays healthy. Boy, we got something big time right here. And that's kind of the way I lean, because when I saw him in 2019, I saw a dude that is a polished corner who can absolutely play. But that pro day, I think, is going to be important because – He's finally doing something. Yeah,
1: for a guy who's been out that long, a pro day is like a proof of life. Yes, Proof absolutely. of professionalism. To everybody. Capability. To all
0: of us in the media, everybody's forgotten about him. Everybody's yeah. like, sauce this and Trent McDuffie. And, you know, Andrew Booth, unfortunately, is is now hurt. And so he's going to be another one uh, that's going to kind of fall under those auspices because what do you have in Andrew Booth, Andrew Booth? But at least Booth played on the field. Stingley hasn't, and so his pro day – could end up shaping, Mark, what turns out to be my first version of the mock draft for 2022. Okay, you're doing a mock draft. A, a full first-round mock draft. Now, when you do Vandermark, yeah, you do the Texans selections. Exactly. Which is tough because you get to rounds four, five, six, seven. You, you got a lot of picks. Yeah, but
1: those are the ones I nailed, Johnny. Right. Roy Lopez yeah. last year, Tom yes. Savage once upon a time. So you there, crushed There are a couple of others. Yeah.
0: There are a few others that were in yeah. there along yeah. the way, but I was really happy you got the Roy Lopez one from last year. That's pretty good. Not bad. I mean, yeah. and you
1: got Grenard from two years
0: ago. Yeah. So you actually called that on draft. Crushing number. it here. So going through the Smock draft, and I've thought through the, t- the first two picks are just baffling to me. They're baffling because I could see the Jags going Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah see the Jags going, Trayvon Walker. They could talk themselves into one of the best athletes in the draft. But then you look over at the offensive line, and like, the offensive line wasn't that good last year. Brandon Linder retired at center. Right. Cam Robinson's just a franchise. He's on a franchise tag. We have A.J. Cam. We have A.J. Cam. He came here. Jawan Taylor has been up and down, and he's on the last year of a rookie deal. And I just thought they've got to have an offensive lineman. If they're going to invest in Trevor Lawrence – You better invest in people to put around him. And I don't know that Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor are going to be your tackle duo for all that long. So I gave them Evan Neal at number one to the Jaguars.
1: Why is Aiden Hutchinson being mocked to Jacksonville in the last two or three weeks? I guess since the combine, Johnny, because prior to the combine, nobody thought that Jacksonville was going to go in that direction. And everyone assumed Dan Campbell. There's no way he's going to let Hutchinson slip through his fingers in Michigan, Michigan the kind of guy he is, yep. all of that. But why is Jacksonville getting Aiden Hutchinson delivered to them by the media?
0: Because Hutchinson is probably the safest of all picks. Okay. I mean, he's a sub-seven, second, three-cone guy. I mean, his his twitch, his strength, length, his ability to get to the quarterback. I mean, he's everything that you really want in a, in a pass rusher. I don't think he's quite the athlete, a guy like, Joey and Bosa is, Nick Bosa, or Von Miller. I don't think he's of that class. He's not the athlete Miles Garrett is. But, man, he's a really technical, sound athlete with strength and length that you want at that particular position. Okay. You put him opposite Josh Allen, and it makes sense. I just feel like their offensive line with two bona fide top three, top four talents in Evan Neal and Ikiakuanu, I feel like that's the way that they should go. And Doug Peterson, I know they need some help on the opposite side, but they drafted Caleb on chase on a little, you know, two years ago. Right. They drafted Josh Allen a year before that. So they put a lot of draft capital over there. Now, they haven't put as much in the offensive line. And I'm not saying that should be the excuse, but you drafted Trevor Lawrence. And if you don't protect them this year better, even if you have to put Evan Neal at guard, and Trevor Lawrence is running for his life again, I'm telling you, year three, he's seeing ghosts. He's going to turn into Sam Darnold. I'm seeing ghosts. That's what he's going to do. So I got Evan Neal going one. Number two, and this will gut me on draft night because I really would like Aiden Hutchinson here. But you don't
1: see Dan Campbell and company passing on this opportunity. I've
0: got Detroit Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson at number two. So Evan Neal off the board, Aiden Hutchinson off the board, and we get to number three. Now, Now, historically, you've never
1: made a Texans pick in a mock draft.
0: No, I, well, for the Washington Post, I did. not I didn't do it for them. Uh, I would let somebody else do it. I've done a few mocks for us. Okay. I've done a few mocks for us, and I've made that pick. But I wrote this sentence at number three. Let me be very clear. I have no, and this is all caps, I have no inside information at all. But this is what I'd like to do.
1: Mm? Oh, no. Here it comes. You're not going to do
0: it, are you? I want to trade down. Oh. And I found a trade partner. You did, okay. In the Peachtree State. See, this is a good the mock The Peachtree City.
1: All right, so we're going to make a trade with Atlanta after yes. all, but it's not the one everyone was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Right,
0: and mm-hmm. I think that plays into it. And just in the fact that Terry Fontenot, GM, and Arthur Smith probably had conversations with Nick Casario. They probably talked about certain things. Certain things, who knows? Not saying that they said, look, if we don't if we don't uh get Deshaun, you know, maybe we can make a deal. Three for eight, whatever. So that's what I came up with. Because I think the key in this is Carolina, because I yes the the Falcons wanna got Marcus Mariota. He can't be the answer. No. He can't be the answer. He hasn't shown he hasn't shown anywhere that he is the answer.
1: No, he's a veteran who can be there while you develop a younger right. player. That's right. it. There's no way they think he's the answer. If he turns into the answer, good for them. But uh, you yeah. can't expect them to be thinking that way.
0: And Sam Darnold is certainly not the answer in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Although the Panthers do have some, you know, trade equity into Sam, but for the deal that they made last year. But I can't think that's. I can't believe that Sam Darnold, especially with David Tepper as the owner that they feel like Sam Donald is the answer. And with Carolina at six and Houston at eight, I have initially made a move with Carolina, and I realized Carolina doesn't have a second third-round pick this year. So what are they going to give? Now, if they go, hey, we'll move three spots and we'll give you our first next year, which would be dumb, I would be like, yes! But I don't think that can happen. So I don't think Carolina can package a deal that's going to make any sense to move three spots. And so then I brought in Atlanta. I thought, Atlanta's got... I think, two seconds in a third. So, and two-thirds, I think. So, they've got some ammunition in this thing. And I'm like, let's do it. Atlanta's got two seconds. They got 43 and 58. And then they've got 74 and 82. So, I'm taking the top second-round pick, 43. I'm taking the second, third-round pick, number 82. And I need a little bit more, so I'm going to ask for next year's third. So, from three to eight, I'm taking Atlanta's top second-round pick, number 43. I'm taking their third-round pick, number 82. And then I'm getting a third next year to drop five spots. So
1: with that deal, the Texans would have three-thirds
0: in this year's draft. They would have 68, 80, and 82. Two seconds. They would have 37 and 43.
1: Wow. And then you get the Falcons' eighth overall And then you
0: you drop five spots to number eight. All right, so and they're going to move up to pick Malik Willis. Malik Willis is from the Atlanta area. It makes sense. They did the Matt Ryan thing. I think Atlanta, when Michael Vick was in Atlanta, I think that's when the Falcons in the city of Atlanta was the most just supercharged getting behind It was showtime. It was unbelievable. And I think, albeit Matt Ryan, a very, very, very good quarterback going into the hall of the very good. Atlanta had some good, had a good run with him. But I think a local homeboy in Malik Willis and the way that he plays, I think, not to say he's a right-handed version of Michael Vick, but I've seen him do things on the football field. I'm like, whoa. So I think Atlanta makes the move up to get Malik Willis. Mariota plays until he proves he can't. Willis gets thrown in the mix, and away you go. Atlanta goes up to three to get Malik Willis. The next... Four picks. Wait, wait, hang on a second. Okay. I I gotta
1: react to this. Okay, you gotta
0: react. I need to process this. So what's your thought about moving from three to eight? Well, I
1: let's take the Texans perspective a moment from now. Yes. The Atlanta perspective of moving up to Take Willis. I find this really interesting Mm -hmm. because coming into this draft, and by coming into it I mean a few weeks ago. Sure. Right? All the buzz was about these quarterbacks aren't that good. They're not lottery pick type quarterbacks. And then I think back to the 2017 draft where Mahomes went, Watson yep. went. Obviously, Trubisky was the first one to go there. Yep. Think about Patrick Mahomes dropping. Yeah. When you think about it now, now going into that draft, Johnny, Mahomes. I've I think I asked you this before, mm-hmm. but I want to ask you this: What is the opinion? What was the opinion of? All the pundits, the collective opinion of the pundits on Mahomes heading into that draft versus the collective opinion
0: on Willis heading into this draft. I think they're very similar. Okay. I think they're very similar with the exception that because Mahomes came into the league, it has changed what we're looking for in quarterbacks, what NFL teams are looking for in quarterbacks. I think Mahomes – and if you remember 2017, I, I did my first mock draft that February, and I had Deshaun going two to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Wow! And I had, at number three, the Chicago Bears taking Patrick Mahomes. And it, it was such a thing. I remember driving in the car, and John Lopez brings up the Washington Post saying Mahomes is going three. And I texted him. I said, look at the author. And he wrote back and went, oh, I didn't know that was you. I was like, yeah, it's me. He goes, because I'm about to agree with you. So, anyways, that was kind of the – I mean, I was, I, I was throwing stuff against the wall in some sense. But I like both Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. But the league really hadn't seen quarterbacks the way they play. And I think that's changed things. I really do. Because after Mahomes came into the league and people saw it, they were more apt to take a risk on Josh Allen with Buffalo.
1: Josh Allen, yes. Lamar Jackson, Lamar not as much. Jackson
0: not as much. Falls to the number 32. But then you see the MVP season Lamar has, and you're like, whoa, we've got to find somebody that lights this place on fire. And all of a sudden you see I'm, – I'm not going to sit here and say that, hey, uh, a guy who can just stay in a pocket like Matt Ryan and sling it isn't, isn't going to be – uh, is it going to be a quarterback that, that people want to see? I mean, people want to see wins. And if Matt mm-hmm. Ryan throws for 350 in Indy, so be it. But I think, I think teams look at it and say, man, how can we find a guy like Malik Willis with all that arm strength and we can rein it in and the excitement level he brings? Our guys will follow him. And you go to that Mahomes and Josh Allen game in January – and, Mark, I'm telling you, that game we're going to look back, I think, five to seven years from now, and NFL teams are going to look at that game saying, that's the kind of guy we've got to have. We have to have that kind of guy. Why did
1: Why did Josh Allen go so high with a low completion percentage
0: in college? Because he had every asset you wanted a quarterback. I mean, you've seen him. He's six five. He's 240. He could throw it through a brick wall, and he never had any issues off the field. He was one of the hardest workers at Wyoming. He was everything you wanted a quarterback. It just was he would color behind he would color outside the lines. And it's like if and we saw it in the playoff game. If he could eliminate Wyoming Josh like he did in the first half. Yeah. If he could eliminate Wyoming Josh, like tell Wyoming Josh to just stay over there in the closet, then he was gonna be a great quarterback. And he's starting to do that, if not already done that. Yeah. You're seeing it, no and doubt so, about it. That's All why right. I think teams are more apt to take a risk on a guy like Malik Willis.
1: Okay, so Atlanta takes the risk, makes the deal. This is John Harris's mock draft. Yes, makes the deal with the Texans at the third pick overall. Texans yes. get number eight overall. They get a two in this year's draft, a three in this year's draft, and a three next year. Yes. All right. So at a f- pretty good deal. It's a uh, Well, it sounds like a good deal, and I'm eager to hear who the Texans have eventually taken
0: at number eight in this year's yes. draft. All right, so number four, not too... Uh, number four is the Jets, Derek Stingley. Going back to our previous conversation, right. I think Stingley go. has a good pro day, and I have Stingley ahead of Sauce Gardner. You're going to be interested to see what happens to Sauce in this thing. Number five is Iki Kwanu to the New York Giants. They have Andrew Thomas, and then there's nothing. Yeah, they need, so they need help they need a on the Iquanu. One. Carolina Panthers take Kenny Pickett. They... Need a quarterback I desperately. A quarterback. They go
1: ahead and grab him here. So you have Pickett and Willis going in the top six. I mean, I can't. I love it. Listen, I, I, I mean. No, it's the, it's what the quarterbacks do. The, yes, the cream blows what, to the top. This, this is what they is, do. This is what happens. We devalue the quarterbacks coming in unless they're like total studs coming yes. out of college. Next and there's year. no doubt about it yeah. in people's minds anyway. Because next clearly, <laughs> clearly, yeah. hindsight proves otherwise. Yeah. But whatever. Next year. Uh, you get to the draft. And yeah, next year, as you say. Trevor Lawrence, I'm still waiting, but it's only one year in. Anyway, go ahead. Carolina takes Pickett.
0: Carolina takes Pickett. Now, one thing to note, and I'm not – maybe Peter King who said this and pointed out, Kenny Pickett had committed to Temple when Matt Rule was head coach there. Then Matt Rule came to Mm -hmm. Baylor, Mm -hmm. and Pickett decided he was staying in the relatively northeast in Pittsburgh, which, by the way, we were watching, my son and I, Jack Mm – we are watching the movie. Remember the movie Striking Distance with Bruce Willis? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Sarah just, and they're yeah. on the water? Yeah. He loved it. He's like, Dad, Pittsburgh looks cool. I'm like, oh. Pittsburgh is one of the most underrated cities out there. And they make it look good. They're on the yes. water a yes. lot,
1: obviously, because they're a boat patrol yeah. or something. He's yes. a boat cop or something like that, <laughs> yeah, right? That's what he and is. they live on the three rivers. Yeah. And, yeah, no, Pittsburgh's beautiful at night. It's beautiful in the day when you come out of that Fort Pitt tunnel. Yes. And you see the city emerge and right that, there. And that... Um, that that the giant ski lift thing, yes, whatever it is, that, that goes is up the awesome. mountain. Yeah,
0: it's cool. Okay, uh, New York Giants. I had actually put in a different name, but then I looked at the defensive coordinator, so Wink Martindale. And I thought, mm, former Raven DC, what player feels most like a Raven? And that was Trayvon Walker, right there, from Georgia. Yeah, it just it felt right. So that brings us to the Texans
1: at number eight. Oh well, the number one player in the Harris 100 is still available.
0: And who did I
1: take? Kyle Hamilton. Thank
0: you, Hamilton. Had to. You did it. I had to. And that's it. it I just look. I, I don't think he's going to get outside the top ten. And some people will ding him on the forty-yard dash. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get too wound up about that. To be honest with you, I went Charles Cross, number nine, and I went Jordan Davis to the New York Jets. Now I was holding out hope I could get. Jordan Davis to the Texans at thirteen, but I couldn't do it. All uh, right, you don't think he lasts? I don't think he lasts. So then I got Davis to the Jets. Robert Sala going on to get defensive lineman. It makes it makes uh, it fits. Washington Commanders, Chris Olave. I gave them a receiver because former teammate Terry McLaurin might be moving on. This is last year was rookie deal, and he might he might play himself out of Washington because he's too good. Notice I haven't said Sauce Gardner's name. He's dropping. He's at 12. And it wasn't so much dropping. It was just trying to find the right fit. And because of the Jets had already taken Stingley, I thought about the commanders for, for Gardner, but I thought they needed a receiver a little bit more. So that gets me to number 13. And I just don't feel great about this, but there comes a time in a draft when you look at it and go, This guy is just way too good for this particular spot. We've got to take him, and it's Kayvon Thibodeau from out of Oregon. I was going to say, he's been dropping, and
1: I didn't think that he was a player you would take for the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah. yeah, I didn't think I would either. But I got to a point where value outweighed everything else.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to tell you something here.
0: and and I don't know that I. I don't. I, <laughs> you don't fully believe in this pick. This is what I said. Although A, I don't think Thibodeau will fall this far, and mm-hmm. B, not sure that he's the great fit here in Houston. There's just too much talent to not jump all over this former Duck edge rusher on draft night. So the Texans parlayed picks number three and thirteen into Kyle Hamilton, Kavon Thibodeau, a second rounder, the forty third overall, a third rounder, the eighty second overall. And a third next year. If Nick does that on draft night, when the draft night is over, I'm I'm going to be up on a table losing my mind.
1: So, because hypothetically you made the deal with Atlanta, mm-hmm. you have these extra picks. Yes. Two seconds, three thirds. Yes. You got a lot of, as Seth said this morning, swings at the plate. Yes. In order to even make up for a missed pick in the first round, potentially. That's what I want. want Swibido. If if you don't, th- and I'm. I hate to single out any player here, but if they don't think or if you don't think Thibodeau is the right guy, the right fit at three, I get the value deal. At 13, you mean? No, I'm saying at three in the first place, you know, because you could just grab him right there. Right, sure. But he drops to 13. Then you say, all right, we're going to take him. I still think that he's got to be the kind of player you want. He's got to be a fit. Not that he's not, but I'm saying if he wasn't, I don't think being available at 13 makes him the right fit. I think that you got to stick to your guns. Gordon Gekko said, and he was a fictional character, I know, but he said, "Don't get emotional about stock." I think you cannot get emotional about players, right?
0: And you, that's that. This this is me not getting emotional.
1: Yeah, but you kind of are because now you're saying, "Well, look, look at the value here. I got to go for this, right?" But that's pure value.
0: That's pure value. If I but said, if I didn't think
1: he would fit at three, he's not fitting at thirteen, as far as fit the way the guy conducts himself. I'm not saying, again, I'm not singling out Thibodeau, but if that is the knock on him, if it is, then I got to obey my feelings on that or my assessment on
0: that, better said. Agreed. Now, there is a point at which value takes over. Like last year, Brevin Jordan. I had him number 37 in Harris 100. He's available in the fifth round. He could jump all over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the famous Arian Foster story was that there were scouts, the area scout, had a very high grade on Arian Foster, but they weren't totally sure about it. Then he becomes an undrafted free agent. You jump all over it, so you you balance those things things out. Now, this should actually be an either-or question. You want to do it after the break? Let's do it after the break because I have some either-ors for you. So let's do it after the break, and there is news about a trade that has taken place, and it's a long one. But it's an interesting one between the Saints and the Eagles. We'll do that next right here in Texans All-Access. Texans All-Access. Texans All-Access. Texans all, Access. Texans all, Access. Texans all Access. Welcome back. This Monday edition of Texans All-Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John here, Mark there. And when we last left you, I feel like that's the old Batman show. When we last left you, the Joker. Um. <laughs> That is so dated. I love.
1: I know old Batman. Old Batman. Same bat time, Same bat shuttle. When I was
0: in high school, the old Batmans came back, and the monkeys came Hold back. The- I think the monkeys were on MTV.
1: The monkeys were on MTV yeah. because the monkeys were the kind of show that belonged on MTV. The yeah. monkeys were a response to a Hard Day's Night and Help right. old Beatles movies. Kids, are you following along? <gasps>
0: <laughs> when we last left you, we were debating pick number thirteen. In my mock draft, which you can see at HoustonTexas.com, it still needs some polishing. The players are all slotted. So I just have to fill out my uh, thought process and write-up. But in this draft, I traded down from 3 to 8 with the Falcons. Picked up a second, a third, and a third next year to move five spots. We took Kyle Hamilton at number 8. You didn't seem to have too much of an issue with that. Nope. You seemed okay with that. Then at 13, because he was still on the board, and I think he's great value, At a priority position is Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Now, the very next pick with the Baltimore Ravens, and again, this guy feels a lot like a Raven, which, you know what, I shouldn't be dismayed with that here in Houston. I'm going to give you the option. Mm -hmm. Are you going to take Kayvon Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson from out of Florida State?
1: Well, wait a minute. So you're saying for me at 13 now, yes. I can go back and redo that pick? You I can, can pull back it. the card.
0: You, you can you can pull it back and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Johnny sent up on Thibodeau, and he's only got one toe on his right foot. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do? And you're like, man, you know, we can, really, we can really do some work on the edge. We got John Grenard out there, Jermaine Johnson transferred from Georgia to Florida State, put on a show at the Senior Bowl was absolutely unbelievable. He's a great pass rusher, plays the run very, very well, plays with an edge, would seemingly fit a Lovey Smith defense. Or are you going to go with Thibodeau? Or I got door number three. We're going to get to door number three in a second. But those two, where are you going?
1: Well, if I don't think Thibodeau a fit for me, right. I'm going to go Johnson if it's sure. among those two guys. Yeah. I'll go ahead and go for Jermaine Johnson. Why not? And then Travis Johnson will be very happy to pick the seminole and we could have Seminole parties.
0: You know, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. That's saying something. Automatic interaction. You said thumbs up for you said thumbs up for null. Okay.
1: No, and once they once they're in the NFL, I'm fine with the Noles. Right. It's when they're in college yeah. that I have a big problem with them.
0: Okay. So let's go to door number three. Because pick thirteen to me is is wild. I look at pick number 13, and I'm like, man, I can go a million different ways here. Right. I mean. Well, especially uh, when you have picks in the second and third
1: round that you can, you know, it's not like the draft is over after you pick 13th. Right. You have a lot of different ways to go. You know what Pat Kerwin said about the pass rushers, by the way? He said he counted 18 teams that need pass rushers in the first three rounds. Uh He said he counted about 15 pass rushers. So it's like musical chairs.
0: Right. And everybody wants to find that. Find that next pass rusher. Yep.
1: And among those 15, how many are really going to make it? So,
0: yeah. the pass rushers that I have on the board, Jermaine Johnson, Thibodeau, George Karloftis from out of Purdue. Now, Lovey, I believe, coached against him, against George Karloftis, so Ooh. he's going to know him. Shorter arms, powerful, a true fit in this building, Jim rat, um, just everything you want in a football player. He's the third option. Okay. Do you want an edge player, edge rusher? Do you want a wide receiver? Mm -hmm. Do you want an inside linebacker? Or do you want a corner? At 13? At 13. If you've got a pick. Now, the one other I would put in there would be interior defensive line. But I got Jordan Davis going off the board. So, the next interior defensive lineman I have is... Corner. Is actually... I have... um, devontae wyatt from out of georgia i already voted way. i voted for corner you voted for corner yeah but is it booth is it is it trent mcduffie out of washington is it andrew booth you've got stingley and you got sauce right off the board they're,
1: they're gone they're is,
0: gone is is sauce knowing what we know about sauce and we know he's he is very confident mm-hmm. let's say sauce is sitting there at 10 would you trade up and go get him
1: no okay
0: i don't think they do that johnny I don't think so either. I mean, they would have
1: to really be in love with him to do yeah, that. I, I agree. think they'll stand. I I don't see them trading up in the first round, right? I could see them trading up late into the first round, right? Right. Once From we that get down there, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once yeah, we yeah. get down there, especially if they made a deal. If they make your Falcons deal, yeah. they drop down to eight. They have two twos and three threes. Right. Now we get late in the first round. I could see him jumping up, yeah. although, yeah, he still has his second-round pick at 37. Yes. I could see him moving up right. you know, six, seven spots right there to grab somebody who's available late on Thursday night. That could easily happen, in yeah. my opinion, and it costs you less to do it at that point in the draft than it does to move up in the top 10, even if you're already in the top 10.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you make that deal with the Falcons and you have some ammunition, I wouldn't be surprised at that point if they got into the back end, mm-hmm. the back part, you know mm-hmm. kind of in the playoff team range uh, of of this draft. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally surprised, but I've thought and I listened to Sean and Seth the other day talk about this. They kind of did a, a longer version of either or and Sean did a great job kind of titling different options. and he didn't mix and match the options. He kind of had each one had a little bit of a theme um, to go along with it. but I was so mad at him because I thought, man i that's the kind of thing that I love and consider. Uh, In in this draft, and we've talked about three and thirteen. And I know Drew has worked on pieces. All the players have been drafted at three, and all of them have been drafted at thirteen. I'm like, I don't think there's a chance in Hades we draft three and thirteen. I don't think we're drafting three and thirteen. You
1: would say it's more likely that at least one of those one of those
0: were one of those is traded.
1: I'm not so sure about that. I think things are going to happen fast and furious. Now, you did bring up the quarterback scenario, and it could
0: be And I think crazy. the quarterback scenario helps us at three. And by trading out of three, mm-hmm. you end up getting much more ammunition. And you can – you for the Texans, mm-hmm. this is not for every team, but I think for the Texans, from – let's just say picks – let's go Stingley. Could he be uh-huh. a Texan? Yes. Could you see him as a Texan? Quanu? Yes. Pickett? uh eh, probably – probably not at that position Trayvon Walker Kyle Hamilton those guys are all players that I could see being Texans so getting down to seven eight nine where a team might want to go get a quarterback I think that would be a call I would what about
1: what about Seattle at nine wanting to jump up well I thought about them
0: I thought about Seattle having some of that ammunition from the Denver trade and I thought about them being a team that would possibly do it but I can't see cuz they've got let's see here. Let me see what they've got. I know they've got they've got number they've got number 9. Mm-hmm. They've got 40 and they got 41. So, could they, I see Seattle doing it? Yeah, I could see Seattle doing it. They've got enough ammunition. They've got four in the top 72 and they've got those two second round picks, one number 40 and one number What 40. was the
1: Mahomes deal? Chiefs moved up from 27 to it was, 10. It was just the first rounder. And no, no, no. It was a third I mean, third there was more rounder. than that, but it wasn't it was,
0: like two years of first rounders. No, but it was a
1: third rounder, and they gave up their – it had to be more than that, and another first so rounder. So if you
0: go at 27 to 10, you're talking about – yeah, I mean, 27 to 10, this is this is how the draft value chart is. Nick has been asked about that. This is what mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson came up with a long time ago. Each pick has a particular value. Right. So the the uh, the Texans are sitting at number 13. That's, that's 1,150 points. So you try and match the trading team like, okay, if we give you this pick and this pick and this pick, it's got to come close to matching that value. Right. And going from 27 to 10, it really would only take a second rounder, a high second rounder. Yeah. Or a third and a, you know, a third and a four, something like that. So they only gave up one first. They gave up the 2018 the, first.
1: Right, 2018 first. And they got a third out of it, yeah. and obviously they gave up their first in 2017. Right. All right, but the Texans only gave up one first-round pick to move up to get Watson in that draft at number 12 overall. Right, because they went 13 spots. What did the Bears give up for Trubisky? It was like a second and a third to go one spot. To go one spot. To go one spot. One One spot, which you might not have needed to do. When was the time the Texans went up one spot? Oh, to get Will Fuller. Yeah, they boy. went up one spot right. to get Fuller, which is so interesting to me that you feel the need to do that. But yeah. look, Rick Smith didn't do that for no reason. Right, he felt like somebody was going to jump up and grab his guy, and uh, you know maybe there was a leverage situation. He just went for it; he really wanted him.
0: Yeah, at that point, you got to go get your guy. And you don't have to give up much to do it. Go, go lock it in. Yeah, go lock, go lock it yeah, in. Yeah, you want the go player? Go the guy. And look, Will was a productive player when he was on the field. Well, of all
1: the receivers there, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, he ended he up was being. The- he ended up being the, the guy. He yeah, was he was I think the best in that particular group. I have to go back and look. At the but whole nobody
1: week. worked out great. Nobody worked uh, out great among the elite picks at receiver mm. in that first round. No, I'd have to go back and look. But no,
0: no, I I can't want to say that was was Corey Coleman in that group
1: from Baylor. Uh, Corey Coleman, uh, t- Doxson t- was in there. God, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a bad. That but was there was bad. debate. There was debate,
0: and you yeah, know, yeah, was Will, debate. Yeah, Will has
1: not stayed healthy, and we all know that. You I didn't know. need me to repeat that to you right
0: now. No, no, we didn't. So you come out of there with Hamilton. You argue with Thibodeau. See how many people would go with that? I didn't get all the way to thirty-seven, so I don't know who I would have done. I'm just doing a first-round box. Yeah. So here's my here's my last question. Okay. And this does this does apply? But I don't know if it applies at three and thirteen. David Ajabo from out of Michigan tore his Achilles in his pro day workout in March. Mm-hmm. Now you don't know when he's going to be ready. He could be ready. You know Cam Akers was back in six months. Six months would put Ajabo in September. Like yeah, it was pretty early in the season. He'd be a rookie pass rusher. He is incredibly explosive in athletic. But he's
1: not getting picked in the first round. How much you want bet? Really?
0: If With you're a not torn one of those, Achilles, if you're not sitting at the – okay. Here's yeah. who's at the bottom of the draft. Here's at the bottom of the draft to tell me that they would not take a fly.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. What am I saying? These teams that are that yeah. are living the life of luxury,
0: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, luxury problems.
0: You think Tampa Bay? I mean, actually,
1: they need some fortification because they're losing a few guys. And they are. They need yeah. somebody to step Shaquille in. Matthew Barrett for them. may not
0: be there much longer. Yeah. They do have Joe Tryon, but that's where I have Ojabo going. The Packers, the Chiefs. The Chiefs need an edge rusher in the worst way opposite Frank Clark. But I think the three teams you just mentioned, they need –
1: I don't want to say they need immediate help or they're doomed not to make the playoffs. But they need immediate help to contend. And in order to contend, you want to go grab that bye. There's only one bye. You want to grab the bye. You want to be the elite team in your conference. Those teams need guys they can plug in day one and – I know it's going to take a while to get the full mm-hmm. impact of a rookie performance right. and good luck to you if you can get it, Let me but give you I don't team. think they're going to take an injured player. Let me
0: give you a team at 24. All
1: right. The Dallas Cowboys. With, yeah. Well, they would do any, yeah. Who knows what they do?
0: I mean, they took Jalen, they took Jalen Smith a couple years ago, a few years ago and it panned out as long as Jalen was healthy mm-hmm. and they waited for a year and he came in, he gave him a pro bowl yeah. a year or two, um, but he just started breaking down at the end of it. But they're another going.
1: one, Johnny. I mean, they're not in danger of not winning the division. I mean, it's possible, right? But the Philly NFC, could challenge I, them.
0: In the NFC, I could see it a little bit more. Okay. Because the NFC, I think the NFC is right to be had. And So maybe you take a risk or two in the NFC that – you wouldn't take an AFC I'll tell you because what, in the AFC you gotta fortify everything with what you gotta face. You,
1: you make your Falcons deal and he drops to thirty seven, boom.
0: Oh, now nah, yeah, thirty-seven. <laughs> heck yeah, I'm taking him at this thirty seven. This is gonna be I, one of those
1: stories to follow.
0: Absolutely, I take him at thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I don't think I I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna do that at thirteen, but I sure as heck if he gets to thirty-seven, I'm jumping all over that. All mm-hmm. over that. Now, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Eagles a little while ago. The Eagles and the Saints struck a deal. We'll give you that deal and how it impacts this mock draft next right here at Texans All Access. At Texans All Access. Texans, All Access. Texans, All Access. Texans All Access. One final segment of this edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And we just went through this mock draft exercise, if you will. And it's a hard one. I've always, I've always said mock drafts are so hard. They're fun to do to think about where players are going to go. And, of course, at 3-13 and for the Texans, turned into 8, plus a second, a third, a third next year from Atlanta and 13, which turned into Kyle Hamilton. 13 turned into Kayvon Thibodeau for mock draft purposes. Now, mock drafts get done, and I had players all slotted, ready to go. I just hadn't written everything up just yet. And then Howie Roseman and Mickey Loomis decided to change things up a little bit. There's a trade. Now, going into today, the Eagles had picks 15, 16, and 19. One of those came from the Dolphins in the Devontae Smith deal. Like, they went from 6 to 12 uh, with the Dolphins. Dolphins went back up to get Jalen Waddell. The Eagles dropped down. One of those comes from there. One of those comes from the Colts because of the Carson Wentz deal. So they had, and then they had their own. So 15, 16, 19. Well, now they have 15, but they don't have 16 or 19 anymore. They swapped with the Saints. The Saints now have 16 and 19 and a six rounder at 194 from the Eagles. The Eagles get the Saints number one overall, which is number 18. So now the Eagles will draft at 15 and 18. Plus they get the Saints round three 101 pick. They get a seventh rounder this year. They get the Saints first rounder next year. And they get a second rounder from the Saints two years from now. So essentially what the Eagles did was take three first-rounders, instead of doing it all this year, they decided to stretch that out. So they'll have two first-rounders in 2023, and then they'll have, presumably, two second-rounders in 2024. So they are taking their first-round assets and stretching them out. The Saints. Why would the Saints want multiple first-round picks this year? Trade ammunition, looking at a quarterback... And in my mock draft, before all this took place, I had the Eagles trading number 16, but not to the Saints. They traded it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers moved up to 16. And the Steelers selected Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, the quarterback. Now, will the Saints, with 16 and 19, as I've seen rumored out there, and I would have to think... Long and hard about this. Now, I haven't looked at the draft value chart to see whether this matches up. But would the Saints, now with 16 and 19, which would be a 1,018.75, and it's close. They would have to add more. But would the Texans move from three and trade for 16 and 19 and additional picks? That the Saints move up to three, get the quarterback of their choosing? That's one thing I've seen out there. Hey, look, Houston and New Orleans did talk about a deal in the Deshaun Watson situation, like Carolina, like Atlanta, Did they have discussions, hey, if this doesn't happen, we may do this, would you then want to make a deal? So three to the Texans, I'm sorry, three to the Saints, Texans get 16 and 19, already having 13 and more. Interesting. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. We'll see what the Saints do, but right now, they have picks 16 and 19. Eagle In the first round, the Eagles have 15 and 18. Mess up my mock, but what are you going to do? It's just the way it goes. And that's your show for this evening. A big thanks to Mark, to Austin, to all of you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.